This is your friendly neighborhood national security agent, and I'm here to warn you about what your child is potentially doing on their phone. Is your child texting about secession? Well, here are the warning signs that show that your teen may be an anti-federalist or a budding extremist. The youth of America have commandeered commonly used texting phrases to hide in plain sight, and here is a list of some of the more radical ones. LOL actually means Land of Liberty. BRB, Bill of Rights, bro. SMH, Someone Murder Hamilton. STFU, Smash the Federalist Union. FFS, 50 Free States. IDC, I Despise Centralization. BTW, Bow to Whom. And last but not least, TFW, Tax-Free Whiskey. If you notice that your child is engaging in this harmful extremist activity, please report them and their friends to the nearest monitoring station. Remember, only you can prevent extremist free thought of the anti-authority movement. And remember, if you see something, say something. This has been a PSA from the NSA. Welcome to a special episode of Break the State Podcast, Liberty Uninterrupted Podcast, and Against the Mob Podcast. From Break the State, I'm your host, Dunk Limpman, and we also have over here Jamie Kane. What is going on, guys? It is Jamie Kane, the host and founder of Liberty Uninterrupted. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, man? Glad to have you here. And joining us as well, we have from Against the Mob Podcast, Matt Billingsley. Hey, what's going on, guys? Matt Billingsley, one half against the mob coming at you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, last but not least, Logan <laughs> Carpenter. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm, of course, I'm the other half of uh, Against the Mob podcast here. Excited to be here. Love to talk about liberty with both of you guys. Uh, and really looking forward to this libertarian circle jerk we got here today. <laughs> the liberty orgy. <laughs> yeah, liberty man, I've been... I've been stoked about this ever since I heard the three of you guys on together um, on uh, Against Good the stuff. Mob. When I heard Jamie on there, I was like, we got to get all four of us together here and just kind of bullshit and bullshit about freedom, I suppose. So um, I well bearded Liberty panel. <laughs> yeah. I think um, all of us have been on each other's podcast so far, except I haven't had um, you guys from Against the Mob on mine just yet. So if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves to my audience real quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Logan Carpenter. Uh, me and Matthew, we grew up together in a little hick town in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we really bonded early on with uh, a hatred for authority. I think both of us had uh, clashes with everybody from school teachers to, to 
preachers within our churches. It was just a, something that was within both of us that we did not enjoy other people telling us how to live our lives. Uh, we dabbled in being a conservative area. We both kind of went the lefty route for a little while. And then we both kind of came across uh, Ron Paul via Dave Smith, I think, for both of us and realized this uh, beautiful liberty movement and uh, what it was to truly live without rulers really attracted me to this. So we've just been on fire for it uh, ever since then and, and decided to start spreading the good news and hopefully be part of this movement to uh, free America once again someday. Oh yeah, we're bring we're bringing up the rear in this group, um, <laughs> indefinitely. Uh, what Jamie? Ugh. You guys, you guys outpace us in listenership. No, I just feel like so. no, you don't. We're, Come on, bro. We're, uh, we're just uh, we're the rear. Be here. You're just watching the six, dude. That does sound better. We'll I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and that's like I got the rear. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> your rear. How? I'm just <laughs> getting Jamie off with that. I got Jamie's off. rear. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> he has PTSD I mean, really about that. He's heard that a couple times in the past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liberty Orgy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Matt, I know you had um, something to bring to the table that you wanted to talk about um, with censorship and what have you. So why don't we go ahead and jump into that? Yeah, that uh, seems like a good place to start. So there is a podcast out there on Joe Rogan um, where he had Dr. Corey and Brett Weinstein on to talk about the active censorship that YouTube has been doing. And it's specific to a drug a drug called ivermectin. So ivermectin, and I've you know I've done my research of this stuff over the last couple of days, but it is an anti-parasitic drug that has been on the market for over forty years, and it is deemed one of the safest drugs out there to treat parasites. Um, it's used in people, it's used in cattle, it's used in um, pretty much anything that can get a parasite in its gut. You can give it ivermectin, and it's really fascinating because Brett Weinstein had his uh, his entire podcast, Dark Horse, the last episode taken off the air with YouTube, and both of his channels got a strike from it. And Dr. Corey and him hop on uh, Joe Rogan to discuss the fact that, that YouTube is essentially stepping in and playing the role of... Um, the arbiter of truth, right? Because they're saying that this is false information. It's uh, fake news is another way to say it, to uh, to use, use the language of the QAnon tards. Um, but <laughs> it's wild to see that throughout all of this, right? Because um, I know that Brett Weinstein, when this pandemic started, him and his wife, who were evolutionary biologists, were following, they were reading all of these papers, they were diving into what's going on, what is the medical community saying? And there's this alternative narrative that was going on simultaneously to the mainstream legacy media narrative, right? So there's all of these, you know, we're getting the official story pushed by the CDC and the WHO. At the same time, there's this alternative narrative of credited nurses and doctors and scientists saying like, hey, wait a minute, there's there's all of these therapeutics that are working, right? Rindesimir is one, but that's $3,000 a pop. You know, no one likes to talk about hydroxychloroquine because it's an anti-malarial disease and it's basically free. No one wants to talk about ivermectin because it's an anti-parasitic disease or, or uh, treatment that is basically free. And so the whole... The fact that YouTube has stepped in and has gotten to take this arbiter, this role as arbiter of truth in our society, I think is just one more reason that we need to probably cancel big tech. 
100%, man. Yeah. That's rough, dude. I I mean, yeah, so Matt Matt recommended we all listen to that. And so I listened to it today. And I have never heard of Dr. Corey. Um, I, don't, I forget his first name. It's like Pierre or something like that. But um, is it Pierre? Yeah, Pierre. Did I get that right? Oh, mm-hmm. It's so Pierre good. Corey. <laughs> Pierre Corey. What a name, dude. I Pierre would figure, Corey. like, when I heard that first, I thought his name would be Corey Pierre because that sounds like more like the right order. But anyway, so I listened to uh, I listened to that episode and it was it's something that I feel like we all know. Like we all know that YouTube and big tech specifically are, um, you know, censoring information, especially I mean, every time you post something on Instagram, as you guys know, it, there's that little COVID tag that comes with it, right? Like everyone sees it and we all know that, but listening to the episode where you have, you know, it's different thinking like we're all getting censored, like us, Liberty, like none of us are doctors here. Like none of us are like spent the time to do that. We all have, or feel like, we're all well-researched um, in in comparison to the normal American mind, I feel like, on this kind of stuff. Which um, doesn't take a lot. No, it really doesn't. It's not a deep dive. Like, you just – it's really not that much research to be ahead of the next person. <laughs> but it, it's interesting to hear that these guys that are, like you said, evolutionary scientists – I think Corey, what, isn't he – he's like a – He's an ICU doctor. ICU doctor, but he's also like specializes in like airborne and lung, right? In lung, Yeah, lung disease. Yeah. He's a very well-published yeah, doctor. Yeah, so this guy would know exactly – and he's being censored. Doctors and nurses are being censored that are speaking against the narrative. And to me, that was the biggest gut check was like, it's not just us. It's not just regular Joe Schmoes that that don't believe the status narrative. It is doctors and medical professionals that aren't falling in line that are being told to shut up or we're going to we're going to remove you off our platforms. And it's 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 so it's so anti-science. Everyone talks about listen to the science, pay attention to the science. This is so anti-science that it's uh, it's scienceism, like we've all talked. It's the new, it's the new, you know, the branch Covidian. It's a new religion, right? It's <laughs> something that makes a lot of sense to us is in this uh, liberty movement that we're not shocked at all to see the cathedral kind of push out the opinion they don't like, even when it comes from an, an expert voice uh, to push their own agenda. But it is something that when you bring that up to a normal person who's done zero research and only watches CNN or Fox news, they're never even going to come across this kind of thing. Cause they do a, a excellent job of pushing it back to where, you know, the, the mainstream narrative that you get, if you don't do any research on your own is that, well, no, these are all crazy people. These are all the Q people, all the 4chan guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> I raised my hand there. I didn't realize you were going to stop talking when I raised my hand. <laughs> you had something vital to put in there for me. No, no, no. There's please. also a button. Yeah, that's that's Dunk shut up sign. He's like, silence. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was getting the red light there. No, Matt, Matt had put in the um in the the text box here that we could use the uh the hands up button, but I was just I was just trying to that we could just do it with Can our you all see that? physical oh, cool. hand. That's pretty fair cool. enough. <laughs> if I scroll no, down that far, I can't see y'all's cameras. So you said the quiet part loud. You're not supposed to let them behind the scenes, bro. <laughs> this is a professional show don't very professional doing, very professional yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh but that was that was about all i was getting at anyway it was just the it the information war and that's something we're going to brush up against a lot in this movement that we have that when you're fighting the cathedral and especially from the perspective of we don't believe the state should exist that these large organizations should exist in this way uh, it's it's a definitely an uphill battle for us to spread the message to people and especially when you bring something up like this, the average person's just going to dismiss you before you even 
get these words out of your mouth to tell them that these people are being censored. And, you know, maybe that's a good reason. If none of y'all have heard uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, he kind of got a small podcast, pretty good one out there. Anybody that wants to check it out. Um, but I'm glad to see people in that kind of movement. And that's what's got me so excited about like the Dave Smith potential presidency, a guy that's kind of got Rogan's ear um, that could spread that libertarian message could do wonders for us. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I didn't get a chance to listen to that episode yet, but I, um, I was listening to another show recently where they were talking about, um, how they actively censored, you know, um, people talking about the lab leak theory, um, because they didn't want that to result in, you know, racism and things like that. And because it was another one of those things that Trump had, um, brought to the table alongside with the hydroxychloroquine thing and how they, you know, basically, have openly admitted that they were willing to not be truthful because it was more beneficial to lie and not give credit to Trump for them than it was to be truthful to the general public. And I think that hopefully that's something that will help to wake more people up to just the flat out bullshit that is, you know, the mainstream media. Man, you would hope so. But I was a, I was a big advocate of Trump was the, the silver lining of a Trump presidency was going to be how many people that woke up to it. Uh, but in the age of social media, it seems like it has had continued superficial uh, involvement in politics where everybody came out for orange man bad and then have completely dropped off once again now that Biden's in there. Um, I think the irony of all that might be this. Uh, I'm sure you all saw Biden's new domestic terrorism plan that he's rolling out. And mm -hmm. he did kind of implement. He did a good job of, of saying violent offenders, anybody who's going to come and do damage. Um, I did notice that he started. Yeah, but off when when saying, ideas are violence, dude, like that's 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 the whole narrative, right? Is that speech is violence, ideas are violence. So, right. it, violence is a very violence is fluid nowadays. And the so uh, the document begins with violence or actions that could lead to violence. So they already kind of cover their own ass to say, oh, "Hey, there we go. We are going to preemptively attack these violent people." Uh, but don't, you know, no worries there. We'll, we'll make sure they are in fact violent, uh, in the future thought crimes. We're going to go ahead and get rid of them. Um, but, but I, I think maybe the irony of that whole situation, me and Matt just kind of did a podcast on this ourselves on, on, a, against the mob is in the same way that we all bitched about Obama consolidating a lot of executive powers and re-upping on the Patriot Act and, and suspending habeas corpus, um, with the label of terrorist where he can just throw you in prison and not give you even a court date. Uh, and then the, what people like myself and Matthew were saying, and I'm sure you guys as well, was, hey, even if Obama is this second messiah and he's never going to do anything wrong, you don't know who the next president's going to be, and it could be somebody terrible. And when it was Trump, that was like the perfect uh, example for the left to be like, look how you guys hate this guy. You're calling him Hitler. And he has all those powers that Obama consolidated now. And mm -hmm. the ultimate irony of that is now that Biden's got this new uh, legislation that he's thinking about to arrest, uh, quote unquote, domestic terrorists. Uh, and <laughs> and with the, the Patriot Act being able to just throw them in prison and not give them a court date. The irony of that is that it could literally be handed right back to Trump in 2024. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even I honestly like this whole this whole thing with domestic terrorism is. I mean, we, we've been kind of talking about this. I know, I know I, one of the first times that, Dunk, you came on my podcast, and we kind of, there was a time that we talked about what was kind of coming down the line, and this was a thought that I had for a while, was that eventually those who are free thinkers, those who are um, 
you know, want freedom for all, not just for ourselves, but for all people, um, want to, will be labeled terrorists, will be labeled um, uh, the next hate group or whatever it may be. And the it doesn't so much worry me what the state labels us. Like, cause I'm not like the state labels a lot of people, a lot of things. And a lot of times it doesn't go anywhere. What worries me is that there's a large swath, swath, how do you say that word? Swath? Swath. 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 Large swath. percentage, I'll say that. Swath. Of, uh, <laughs> I'm from Virginia. <laughs> I thought you were up there in the farmland, man. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> 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 Anyways, there's a large there's a large percentage of Americans that would go along with it that would that are gonna go along with you. these people are absolutely domestic terrorists. These people are absolutely a danger to us. I mean, you, you saw it you you saw it with uh just with the the what's it called the the Capitol riot or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, like to say that group was a domestic terror group when you literally had the George Floyd riots burning down cities. Uh, and you have Antifa shooting people in their cars just for trying to drive down the street and to name them domestic terrorists. Look, I'm not I'm not saying that all those guys were like there's a lot of QA9 on guys that I don't agree with. But the fact of the matter is they raided a public building that we pay for. We pay to keep the lights on. And then you literally have groups burning down cities. And so just the hypocrisy in of itself blows my mind. But even then, every bit, of, especially the left, they went along with the fact that Absolutely. These guys are domestic terrorists. This was a grave. This was a horrible day in American history that they raided the Capitol that we happen to own. So, yeah, it's um two things there. It's like Schrod it's Schrodinger's AR-15 um, simultaneously enough to overthrow the government in the January year, like simultaneously too dangerous for civilians to own, but then also not enough to overthrow the government because they have F-15s and nukes. <laughs> and then um and then the second point about that I wanted to follow up on is that you're talking about it's not so much what the government's going to label us but it's what society is going to do because there is you know there is power in numbers. I think that 2020 and 2021 has given me an insight to a, a question as a, as someone who's like a slave to history and a slave to context that I would. Whoa, dude. I, we don't oh, use the S word around here. Yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> a, uh, a subservient person to context and history. Is that better? Matt, uh, Matt, can, use, Matt can use half that word. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something was the same. Yeah, yeah hold up, Jamie. You can't tell me what word. Hey, <laughs> I care more than you. How um, dare you cut off a person of color? Yeah. This yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> oh, um, man. No, I, it's okay. Jamie's a white liberal. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. As I was saying, I'm a white well, liberal. Okay. I can, I can no, say whatever I, I want. It's not racist. <laughs> but um, no, go get me dinner. <laughs> no, no. Let me. I'm going to make my point. Damn it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that we've had a test run to see because you always you always ask that hypothetical question. It's like, what would Americans do in terms of like the Nazi regime? Right? Would would our neighbors turn people in? To the would you know would we be calling the Gestapo and say oh my God my neighbor's hiding Jews in the attic um, and I wanted to believe in Americans a little bit more but 2020 and 2021 has shown me that a lot of people um, would be more than happy to turn in their neighbors for housing Jews just because look at what's going on in the culture. Yeah, it's tough no. to. It always reminds me of my favorite quote by George Carlin where the 
imagine how dumb the average person is and then realize half the people are dumber than that person. <laughs> I think we, we get in these circles where we talk to people who enjoy politics and people who enjoy politics tend to take deep dives and really look into things for the most part uh, outside of, you know, the social media posting politics crowd who probably does very little research and just wants to put their virtue signaling out for whichever side they're on. Um, but we forget a lot of times that the the average person is hopelessly lost in this. Uh, and I think that's a, a big reason all uh, four of us have decided to kind of take up arms in this effort to try to spread the message to more people who uh, haven't heard it and, and try to express the importance of this and that really the overwhelming history of mankind is a story of people overcoming the powers that be, whichever state had to us uh, enslaved in whatever manner they did at the time. Yeah, and I, I was listening to uh, another show recently. I think it was uh, Liberty Lockdown, if I remember correctly, and he had the guys from Timeline Earth on there. And I don't remember which one of them it was, but they were saying that, you know, this fight against the state is not something that's ever really going to go away. Um, even if we have some sort of, you know, libertarian or anarchist victory, it's there's always going to be that sector of people that, you know, feels that they want a state, that they want somebody governing over them and that it's not enough to govern them, but to govern other, others as well. And so it's going to really be um, something that we're going to be fighting for for our lifetimes and, and lifetimes of generations to come. Unfortunately, yeah, that's uh, what it be depressing, Don. Uh, no, I, <laughs> it's, like, I, uh, I it's funny because I had a conversation um, a couple of days ago with somebody that I'm very close with and, and care very deeply for. And, uh, and, and there's somebody that is a very anti-government, anti, you know, um, you know, I would say anti-status individual. But even this person, I, I was having this conversation with him about taxes uh, and because we were all talking about. You know, if we all get our tax, I haven't gotten my tax return back. I'm not sure if you guys have, but I haven't. And it's a bunch of BS because here we are. Uh, the government shuts down uh, the economy for a year and a half and and puts everybody out of work and then demands the money that you didn't make somehow. And then and they take their sweet ass time to get you your money back. You know, it's it's that's one of the that's one of the times that I was truly just livid over this. Like I'm, I'm pissed every tax season. This one, I was really mad. But uh, anyway, so I was talking about, we were talking about people got their tax returns, this, that, and the other, and the majority of us hadn't. And then we got into the conversation about how taxation is theft and how, um, and I, and I started talking about how, you know, a voluntary tax, um, would be my ideals that, you know, I'm saying like, if you live in a community and you have a pothole or there is a, a school that you want to build or a park or whatever that the city or whatever you where the community could come together and donate. And then you would be given, then you could build a park from those donations, right? And how that would probably be more efficient and faster. And it would definitely be more transparent than how the government operates. So we, we all agree with that, right? So anyways, I, I was talking to him about this and he kept saying, well, I, you know, I'm more than happy to pay my fair share, more than happy to pay my fair share. I think, and he said, you know, and then he went into how, how, um, Basically, how that that idea of a voluntary society uh, is very idealistic, and how you know you say you know everybody would donate this that, and the other, but in reality, there's only a quarter of Americans that would probably donate. And I and I made two points to that I said the first point was um, that I was like whether or not this is idealistic, that's not a that's not a point that is valid because it does not negate the immorality of theft. Like just just saying that like yeah that's that's all that's really that's nice and well and, and and I that's a cool idea 
but nobody would do that. So we're, it's just not feasible. Well, that still doesn't, you're still not addressing my point that taxation is theft, which is inherently wrong. Right. So there's, that was the first point. The second point I, I made to him was this, was that, um, how even if a quarter of Americans donated to the causes they wanted to see, they would be done faster, more efficiently, and more transparency, like I said before, right? Because you look at charities, 501Cs, nonprofits, look how much better they are at things with so much less money, right? Uh, and the reason I, I, and I bring all of this up because because of your point, Dunk, is the fact that statists, or excuse me, people who even claim to be against the state, in their minds, they still cannot wrap they cannot wrap their minds around the idea of zero state. They, oh, I'm super anti-government. I'm super, you know, against you know tax and this, that, and the other. Until I'm not. Until until I until you argue the point against me, and then I, and then I switch my view, right? And so I think even the most anti-government of our of people, unlike us, who are you know pretty much anarchists, volunteers, or extreme libertarians here, um, they still think there's a need for state and taxation it's a it's going to be a, a mental battle like you said we're fighting for a long long time god could you imagine the commercials trying to get you to give taxes to the military if we had a voluntary tax system <laughs> <laughs> no because we would have we wouldn't have a standing army so <laughs> i think um you know, it's it's one of the things that I brought up when I was on the Turn Leftist podcast is um, when people talk about, you know, well, without taxes, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Who's going to take care of the poor people? And and how are, you know, disabled people going to get their medicine and their wheelchairs and, you know, things like that? And my question to people when they ask me that is always, that stuff is important to you, is it not? You say that you're willing to pay your fair share. So would you stop paying just because the government said you don't have to do it anymore? You just told me that you're willing to pay your fair share. So would you not still want to contribute to the things that you find important, the things that you care about? And would you not appreciate that those things are actually done, as you pointed out, Jamie, more efficiently by market actors instead of by a monopoly? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say is you, everybody can on surface level, kind of appreciate the joke. Uh, we all have heard it before that the bureaucrats and the government are so slow and so bad at doing everybody. And we all have heard jokes about the DMV and how terrible. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say doing everybody? <laughs> did I? Did I stumble there? Excuse me. <laughs> well, I saw his dunk's face. Like, Freudian slip. Freudian slip. <laughs> so bad at doing everybody. <laughs> Excuse me. Bad at, you know what I'm getting at. The bureaucracy of the government is such a nightmare. And it's not unknown to anybody that it's because you have all these people who are just doing a job. And they're doing a job at that that they can't be fired from in a lot of cases. Uh, or at least the avenues to fire them are so such a high bar that they would have to do something atrocious to ever, to ever lose that job. So you end up getting a lot of people who seek out a job that they want because they can go in there and kind of half-ass it and make sure they get a paycheck every week. And it's hard to blame a person on a personal level for that. They, they have the right to go in there and get the easiest job they can find, but it's not crazy to understand that it, it's going to be a shitty job. They do when you have these people who don't really care about the causes you're doing, they don't really give a shit where the money's coming from because they have a steady cash flow from their government allotted budget every year. And like any budget, they're going to spend every penny of it to make sure that they can vouch for a larger budget the next year rather than leave a, a deficit in it. Um, and yet people still can't seem to grasp that maybe it's a bad idea to do this kind of central planning thing where you send all your money to one place and hope that, uh, President Joe doesn't give it to his uh, delinquent son Hunter to go put it in his nose somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> 
wow. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's a good point, you know. Right, who knows how many tax? Honestly, the, it, that, that would be an interesting if you could like somehow find out the number of, of tax dollars that went to. Uh, can you guys hear me? Is that mm-hmm. yeah? Can you, okay, yeah, sorry. I turned my gain down just a little bit because I could hear the fan in the mic. But if you could actually like somehow find out that data of how much money tax dollars actually went up Hunter Biden's nose, I would be fascinated to know that number because it's got to <laughs> be over a grand, right? I mean. Oh, like, way God. over. Oh, come right? on, man. Look at, look at Jamie, who's never done drugs that. before. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's yeah, a I, good weekend, uh, sir. Dude, I, I, I guess cocaine's expensive, right? I don't know. That's, yeah, I, that's, I, I've been very transparent about my sobriety on this on my podcast. So. Yeah, Grand's just a good, it's, that's a good start, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Matt's You're not inviting yeah, me either, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. <laughs> But what the hell was I gonna say, dude? No, I even forgot my. What, what, Doug, what were you saying? Or Logan? Who was talking last? <laughs> I, at this point. I think I we were just we- talking about the bureaucracy nightmare that is the government oh, oh, and how yeah, your yeah. money is misappropriated. I just had. I just want to have a question. So, isn't it? I always find because I'm really big into like localism and like in focusing on the community and supporting local businesses and stuff, right? And and going like the like I love going to farmers market where I'm at and. um I find it interesting that like liberals and leftists are uh, they're like the ones that you always see like the bumper stickers support local shop local, right? Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? And, but they're net, but like, but in their, like in their policy and in their actions, at least when it comes to like the political side of things, they are completely the opposite. Like they're completely, they're the ones that are advocating for, less localism for less community involvement because of their voting habits in, in going to the extreme of the federal government, having to pass everything from the, from the top down, as opposed to if you did believe in a constitutional Republic from the bottom up. Right. Yeah. I think that's exactly kind of back to that issue of, of uh, education on exactly how this thing works. Um, and I, I even went that route for a while. Like I said, when I was early in college, I was very much so uh, kind of like a Bernie bro. I was like, yeah, we should help out everybody. We should take the money away from the powers that be uh, and, and disperse it out. This kind of Robin Hood type of government that would help the the lowest amongst us come up along. Um, I think the issue with that is just the education side where people don't realize that uh, one, your money is not really getting used for that, that they're going to, the vast majority of it is used to expand the empire that is the the state that we live in. Uh, and the other side of that is that you're not really helping by doing these kind of things that they're simply giving a handout to somebody. Uh, we talked a little bit before we clicked the button to record about the housing issue in California with all the homeless problem. And, and this leftist solution is like, well, just give them all a house. But the the issue is so much deeper than that and that it's rooted in mental health and, and drug abuse and and these people that are just completely lost that we need to help lift them up. And there's also the aspect when you have these large homeless problems that when you're in a small town community, you'll see it where people understand who needs help and who's redeemable within those people. And they can target those people who are trying to get back on the right track or at least have their head right or trying to get sober, whatever the case is, uh, versus the person who has turned down help in the past. There's plenty of people out there that are homeless that have had job opportunities and they simply don't want them. Somebody's tried to offer them odds and ends work or, hey, come work on the ranch or whatever the case is. And they would rather be under that bridge begging for the hundred dollars they can make a day so that they can get something to put in their arm. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, several, several thoughts on that one. 
that I think that liberals and leftists tend to want to use the social contract and government programs and whatnot as their charity because they can feel good about the way that they vote, right? It's a, it's a cop-out, essentially, the way I look at it. I go to the ballot box. I voted blue. I voted Democrat. I voted for someone who says that they care about people and they want to do these good things, and I've done my good deed to society. And my contribution to that will be taken out of my paycheck every month, and I no longer have to worry about it. Versus the argument where it's like private charity and individualism where, where you target, right? And you're, you're so right because I am for, I'm, I'm thankful that I do live in a small community and I know people that are like, hey, I know that this person needs help. Let's let's rally for this cause. And, you know, right. and, and we Versus raised should we be giving money. any money at all to Chuck who has an active meth lab in his basement? Like, is it exactly. really going <laughs> to? Chuck's a nice seat? lady, dude. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and then great product. And then the other part, what's really interesting when you talk about like housing and, and government intervention is what people don't understand is like these problems keep getting exacerbated because something that's going on in California right now, they are planning on doing like this five point something billion dollar bailout of uh, delinquent rent. And it sounds nice on the surface, right? There's a lot of people that haven't been able to pay their rent through the pandemic. The landlords who have taken a risk to have an investment property and put something up, they need to get paid back and all of this stuff. So it sounds good on the surface, but it's also like you guys are about to interject $5 billion of capital into a system. And you guys are already bitching about high rent costs. So the easiest way to actually let the free market solve this problem is let all those people get evicted. And when no one can afford to rent the house at the price the landlords have set, the landlords will lower their rent prices to get people back in. So it's like you guys are complaining about artificially high prices for rent. And your and your solution is to bail out landlords and renters so that they can keep their artificially high prices up. <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, it's I don't know how you argue with that. I don't I don't know how anybody actually hears what you just said, Matt, and thinks, no, you're wrong. Because I think a lot, like something I want to touch on, that I, I think, Matt, you said is that, that education matters, and not like public education, obviously, but like true education on the principles that we're talking about. Because most people don't understand how economics works. I, 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 I recommend anybody go and read Thomas Al Basic Economics, where he talks about economics is not about money, but about scarcity and about how we we distribute the, the goods and the services in accordance to the scarcity that they are assigned, you know, naturally. Um, but with all that being said, I, I, I remember a study a couple of years ago that said that conservatives, quote unquote, are more charitable than like than liberals. And I guarantee they probably lumped libertarian types into the conservative camp. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I would imagine they did because it was just the duopoly as it always is. And somehow we always get lumped with the conservatives, which I will never understand, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But the fact of the matter is that people of that side of the spectrum, I guess, we'll, we'll say middle to right are more charitable than the, than our leftist counterparts. And I think you're absolutely right when you say that it's it is a cop out. It, it is absolutely cop out. You can say, "Oh, I care more than you do because I vote for the people that are willing to steal other people's money to take care of people, but I'm not willing to take out of my own wallet, my own purse, uh, my own." There's so many companies now that have a paycheck like 
program where you can put five dollars a month goes out of your paycheck to a charity. It's it's you know it's uh, what's it called um, to help tax Walmart deductible play their uh, their tax deductions at the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, but at the end of the day, you can't do that, right? Even in a free society and a voluntary society. Free market, like that's still a good thing. If you want to say, you know what, I want a part of my paycheck every month that I don't have to think about, but I know I want to donate to this charity that we support. That's a cool thing to do. It's, but it's so easy not to do that. It's so easy to say, well, I, I don't have it, but the but the really rich do, and they need to give. If right. if you're looking at true morality, you should have a thought that you know what, even if you can't give, I would give. I would give, even though I can't. But I also don't think I should steal from other people to do it. Yeah, and there's a lot more you can do than give a dollar amount too. I mean, a lot of people have that view that the rich yes, need absolutely. to do more, but then they're not at a soup kitchen on Sunday morning helping people out. They're not out there giving socks they bought at, at Target out to to homeless people that they need to kind of make their day to day easier. That's and I a think great a lot point, of that, Logan, man. That's, that's a super good point. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, show me, don't tell me. That's that's something we say a lot on our podcast. It, there's way too much of this social media age where it's become an important part of your social structure to show the community. And that's something we've always had. I mean, it, that you can go all the way back to apes and find that where it's important to show the other apes that you're a good ape. And in that same way, now we have this thing called social media where it's very important for everybody to put out their view so that they can fit into their group, whatever that local group is. Uh, but we still have a lot of people who don't actually do a goddamn thing to improve the area around them. Uh, and some of that comes from dependence on government that, well, the, the daddy's going to take care of it. We give our money to dad and why wouldn't he take care of all these issues that we have? Daddy. Yeah. I think dependency, <laughs> dependency is a major problem. That's one of the reasons that I'll always oppose, you know, collectivism. And, um, you know, I, I get into debates uh, here and there again, you know, going back to the guys from turn leftist, I have them, um, you know, commenting on, on my page all the time. And, you know, um, Again, it's just, it's that's one of the things I always have to go back to is is that being independent um, and and uh, responsible for yourself is not something that a lot of people want to do. They they enjoy being able to just like you said, check off a, a box and and know that a little bit of their money's going to daddy to take care of everything, and you know that um, pressure is taken off of their shoulders to be responsible for their fellow man. Um, but then they want to say that you are the one that's selfish because you want to keep your own money or what have you. Yeah. And a lot of it Can comes we... back to that education issue that everybody kind of has this view that that's going to be what happens. And you have to, to even have the debates we want to have with people to turn them to liberty and to understanding that this is a better way to organize society. You first have to kind of teach them the entire background of economics and how incentives matter and prices matter. Uh, so it is a, a very uphill battle we have. It's much easier for somebody who's a, a communist to say, well, the government's going to take care of everything. And they don't have to go into any further explanation. And most people kind of go, oh, that makes sense. The, the government central planning will just take care of all this. Why would it? Why would you need to incentivize people to be good contributing members of society? I really want to try to break record for uh, how many times we can mention daddy in a podcast episode. So, uh, <laughs> okay, that was all my point I had. That's <laughs> for my show, I think we've already broken it. I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know what? You know, for yeah, for our individual shows, you're probably right. Uh, I don't think I've ever said the word daddy on my podcast before. So. <laughs> daddy. <laughs> 
That's what this episode. I'm gonna call this episode Liberty Daddies. There we go, dude. That's, <laughs> that's a little bit more friendly, you know, than Liberty Orchy. At least for the title, you know. Oh, squeaky clean Jamie over there. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm down for a Liberty Orgy, just you know, not publicly. That's all I'm saying. You're like every conservative that's against gay marriage. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the uh, transgenders that say, "Oh, you're homophobic because you want to have sex with me." No, I'm. I just like women, and you're clearly not, sir. <laughs> it's ma'am. No, I. I uh, remember that video? Did you guys see that video? Oh, it was a great one. Oh yeah, yeah. my favorite. I showed. Uh, I showed my sit. My sister had never seen that video, and I showed that to her, and she was dying, dude. Like, and I, the problem is that guy could probably kick my ass. You know what I'm saying? Especially, like, he's especially a when, ass, uh, dude. When that that nice lady was in there, if that poor little tiny GameStop beta male had to put up with that, you know that guy had not been in a a physical conversation in his life. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty shrivel. sure he did say "ma'am," but it sounded like "man," and then he like freaked out. But he just well, wanted there, a reason. To there freak is out. that thing when you accidentally m- misgender somebody. Oh, no, I mean, I've I've this. done that before. I've I've said "sir" on accident, and it's not been a big deal. So there's a difference in somebody who would like you to call them a pronoun, which I'm more than happy to to oblige to on a person to person basis. I'm not here to offend anybody over something that means almost nothing to me. But there's a difference in that and the person who goes out looking to make the point to be the the harbinger, the uh, vanguard the of the movement. That they lamb, they would right. They need that confrontation because that's what they're looking yeah. for in the first place. I, I I think that speaks so much to the idea that that they we have like. All like a lot of all like a lot of the hard battles have been fought, like, you know, the, the, the battle to end slavery, the battle for gender equality through women's suffrage, uh, which I still think was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> I always like that. Uh, was it prohibition started in 21 women's suffrage in 22, 23? We decided to start drinking again. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> to ladies out there. We love you. you know, there's we, love old, the, uh, we love the Liberty ladies. I had to do that. though. That was- I spend uh, when I would spend time on the ranch with Papa and, and Mima, we'd uh, watch a lot of old, old cowboy stuff on TV at the, the end of the night when you're getting ready to go to bed at like 530 in the afternoon. Because you got in early on the farm, uh, but one of the things we'd watch a lot were the Andy Griffith show, and I was kind of half asleep drinking a whiskey watching Andy Griffith. How old are you? Twelve? Somewhere around there, you know. Good cowboy upbringing. A little, a little sip of whiskey at twelve years old, dude. But uh, one of my favorite Andy Griffith episodes came on that I had never really taken into context before. Um, but it was an episode where they kind of have like the women in this town want to vote. And they're oh okay so we we go through this episode where they all vote and it's a huge disaster and the moral of the story is like and you see little Johnny that's why we shouldn't let women vote and I was <laughs> cackling because I didn't realize that was I was like oh He's my like, god little Johnny that's why we beat our women and don't allow them to vote <laughs> no I, I went to my, to my original point was like slavery gender rights you know gay rights all those things like all all of which were uh, propagated by the state you know everyone likes to think that the government freed them of those atrocities meanwhile the government put them in those right. bondages and then said oh no we'll free you it's not it was a culture that changed things but anyways it, you know all those hard battles have been fought and won and, and really the only battle that we have left is the battle against the state right is the battle against is to to grant every individual their individual sovereignty and their their in and uh, their you know their freedom to be who they are. And I think um, the thing, I guess what I'm trying to get to here is this, 
is that there's so many people out there that feel like they need to find a battle because those battles had already been won. They, they want to find something to be pissed off about. They want to find something to, to fight against because they're so oppressed or so this out of the other. And it's just honestly because they haven't done anything hard in their life. And so they're trying mm-hmm. to, they're trying to facilitate something that is not actually trying to real. There's not generate that is, that is not reality, you know, trying to generate their own meaning in life. Yeah. They're trying to generate their own oppression, right? Because they are, that's actually a great point too. Logan is that a lot of them, a lot of people don't have any meaning in their life. They don't have anything outside of themselves that they're fighting for. And so they decide to become oppressed or a victim right. and then say they're fighting on the behalf of all the other victims. And we've seen our society really, really feel, move in that direction you know. in recent years, too, where it's it's not, you know, if you don't have to be an adult with responsibilities. Just go out and, and party every night and sleep with as many people as you want to and do all the drugs you can and kind of this more hedonistic lifestyle. And uh, the part that's left out is it's not just that it's a, a life devoid of responsibility which seems nice on the surface, but it's a life without meaning. And a lot of people find themselves depressed when they get in that position because it's I cannot like, what believe have I done? you just freaking put Matt out there like that, dude. I, <laughs> hey, Jamie, why did you have to call me out? All right. I'm just trying to, you, I'm just trying to hide just here. look in the background. There's a bunch of strippers in the background of Matt's apartment. Just like your house, whatever. <laughs> just like dancing, dude. All I'm saying is. I have lots of meaning. All I'm saying is uh, the Unabomber called all of this like 20 years ago, 30 years ago with his manifesto when he said that, you know, the reason that nobody has any any meaning or purpose in life anymore is because of technology and and over socialization um of especially liberals and um people of the like and so i don't know read read kaczynski is all i'm getting at here yeah that's <laughs> actually manifesto. A, that's actually a really really interesting point because i have had i have read his manifesto and what's what's super interesting about this particular topic that, that you just brought up is that Yes, we all know that it's like maybe not the coolest thing to just like sending bombs into universities to blow up random, uh, you know, uh, break rooms, right? That's not that that violates the non-aggression principles. We're we're here for the idea bombs. We're trying to to get to your mind, not your uh, mailbox. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But but what is interesting is that is someone like him who society will look at and in and instantly deem an outcast. He's insane. He's crazy that there's actually some some really resonating ideas that he puts forth but because of what he's attached to those ideas get kind of lumped into you're just crazy and it gets dismissed and what i'm afraid is happening right now with the liberty movement specifically is that our ideas of self-sovereignty and personal responsibility are getting lumped into these in, into this world that they view us as crazy but we're not crazy and it's one of those things that like all of the like you're talking about um, the battles that we've won. You're talking about like actual like uh, chattel slavery where you cannot own black people anymore. And you're talking about like women's suffrage and gay rights and all of these strides that we have made in society. What's interesting right now in the culture war is that libertarians and freedom loving people, right? It's not even just libertarians, just people that wake up and love liberty and love freedom are being lumped into this category of crazy when at the end of the day, it's like, we are the group that is fighting for you to be you. Like, I literally could not care less what you do with your genitals. Could not care. I don't care what you want to call yourself. If I mispronounced your name, 
then or your gender, then please let me know, and I will try to do better next time. No promises, but I'll try. And but it's the liberty movement that is fighting for those people to be themselves, right? If you don't like society telling you what you have to be, and you have all of these external pressures from you know um, the greater culture, the liberty movement is here to say, you know what, you be you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be me. And we're going to do it over here. And if you, and it's like, so when I was listening to you on that turn left podcast, it's like, dude, if you guys want to start your communist commune, go for it, go for it. Put your money, put your money where your fucking mouth is. Get, go get a good job, buy some land and go live off it. You know, go start your commune by all means. I'm not going to stop you. In fact, like good, because I don't have to deal with you at that point because you're on a commune, you know, and better yet, you don't have to deal with me because I'm going to be in my own community. I just think that it's it's wild to me that if we look at this kind of from that 30,000 foot perspective, that the liberty movement is being attached to these like crazy radical ideas and we're being instantly discounted when at the end of the day, all of these people that discount us, like we're actually fighting for you. But 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 no one wants to see that because they because we're being conditioned that like freedom is inherently selfish and we don't care about anyone else. Yeah, I do. I I think you made a, a lot of fantastic points. And one thing I do want to say is I find it interesting that if, in order for communism to truly work in socialism, you, you have to work like hard. You you have to really put in your fair share. Like those communes that people are on, like every really everybody like when they actually work, everybody does put in their fair share. That's why Bernie Sanders got kicked out because obviously he did not put in his fair share. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, you guys have heard that story, right? Where he got kicked out of the commune. No. Uh, actually, yeah. no. Oh, really? Yeah. He actually, yeah. Bernie Sanders literally got kicked out of a commune because he wasn't, he was <laughs> he wasn't working hard. <laughs> He's just maybe like, that's uh, not fair. Maybe, maybe that's a Back with his big glasses, smoking pot. <laughs> maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe communes, I'm hungry. <laughs> Maybe communes have gotten a bad rap just because of that, that all the good communists out there that are working their asses off and trying to make their commune work are quiet on their communes. And all the ones that would well, rather the, be the Robin Hood route and take your money to establishment are the ones that are in politics bitching at you. Right. But the re the reason I bring that up is this. It's like in order for it to work, you actually have to work hard. And you actually have to do your fair share. But the people that, that um, espouse that ideology are never those that work that hard are never those that are willing to put in the actual effort to make it work. I just find that dichotomy so interesting that it's like they, they, they love the idea of something that would take a lot of work and a lot of responsibility. And honestly, a lot of trust to know that everyone is doing mm -hmm. their job. And yet, like, they don't do those things. They, they aren't willing to do those things because if they were, they'd be putting their fair share now. But the problem is we have a labor shortage right now and people are sitting on their ass and watching Netflix collecting unemployment checks and it's the same people that are espousing that idea of work hard and and do your fair share yeah my favorite uh thing about that right now with the whole um you know a lot of a lot of places are are without workers right now there's a gas station down the street from my house that i used to go to a lot um and if i try to go there after 10 p.m there's they're closed there used to be a 24-hour gas station and now they're closed um after 10 p.m because they don't have enough workers and it's funny because I'll see a lot of leftists and liberals, um, you know, on Twitter or Instagram or whatever and saying, well, yeah, because nobody wants to work for those, you know, capitalist hellholes or whatever and this and that. And, and it's, it's funny because even Karl Marx said, you know, 
if you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> Basically, um, you know, everybody has to work. And I just love the whole worker starve um, thing. It's something that I talked about um, before with uh, with Ryan for more else what on Instagram on uh, one of my one of the episodes of my podcast. Um, you know, and he, he brought up a good point is that, you know, squirrels, uh, squirrels don't, uh, you know, say, well, why aren't the other squirrels collecting nuts for me? This isn't fair. Like every animal, every living being has to put in effort to maintain their existence. And you can't expect there to be some overarching, you know, uh, daddy to throw that word back in there. That's going to, you know, <laughs> it has and- been 10 minutes. <laughs> you can't just expect there to always be um, some system there to to provide for you. You know, every, everybody has to work in, in order to maintain their existence in order to survive. That's, <laughs> not, nuts, that's not the fault of the free market. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a pretty good uh, Babylon Bee article the other day that was uh, uh, leftists in America have been forced to abandon their communist ideas as they're too lazy to build the gulags necessary to make the society. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true man like they're just so lazy and it's it's, i just find i'm glad that we're not the only ones that see that out there in the babylon b action but because it's it just seems so obvious that they literally aren't willing to put in the work they just aren't willing to do it and like you said like worker in order to eat you got to work you know and that's what Karl marx said it's just it's just and there's that's kind of exactly the the issue because i i say that a lot when i'm arguing with lefties about why it would be better to have a liberty-based society with smaller even i've even argued that maybe you know there maybe are places that i'm ignorant to the population being so dense and needing to have some more left-wing principles maybe you're right on that but why force the entire society to live that way to suck our resources away to these large areas when they need to be the ones to kind of sustain themselves um and i don't think that's disconnected to exactly why they are not open to that argument they don't want to hear that we need a liberty society where you can form communes because they have no intention of building those communes on the backs of their own labor. Yeah. yeah I, no, they I, want to force everybody else into it. I had, I, I had Ryan on the podcast as well after hearing him on, uh, on break the state. And when, that's actually one of the things we talked about was why can't we all get on the same side of like pushing towards a voluntary society. And then you can go voluntarily associate with those who want to live in the communes. I, I, I don't get why we can't just, why they don't they, they they're so about like they're so anti-government they're so anarchist quote unquote and yet they can't get behind the idea that not everybody wants to live the way they want to live and how they want things to work yeah a you lot know, of people just, misuse that word anarchist when they uh i i get so tired of seeing that like when black lives matter was going on and they'd be like another anarchist throwing a molotov through this building with a hammer and sickle on his sign and you're like <laughs> Those are he's wearing a communist symbol. Like, Does it why? bother anybody else that like that we get called that like that anarcho communists call us the not real anarchists? Oh, absolutely. I still don't have the the ability to wrap my head on, around exactly how you're anarchist when you also believe that one person should decide where all the money gets spent. I think. Um... I think, uh, like, I mean, the reason that I no longer call myself an anarcho-capitalist is because I believe that, um, like you were saying a moment ago, is that in a voluntary society, in a stateless society, um, people should be able to join up under whichever type of economic systems they see fit and, you know, whichever, you know, quote-unquote social contracts that they want to um, live under, what have you. But um, I I kind of just, I kind of just turn my, what's the word I'm looking for? Not turn my nose up, but... um, 
turn <laughs> I kind of turn a blind eye to people that say that you know right anarchists or anarcho capitalists aren't real anarchists because I mean anarchism does come from a left wing background originally so exactly. I can understand like from their perspective you know no we're not you know quote unquote real anarchists because we don't fall into what they perceive as a real anarchist but it really just comes down to uh, you know, the, the use of, of different t- labels and different terms. And, um, this is one of the reasons why, like when I was on, um, y'all's podcast against the mob recently, and I said, I almost kind of want to just abandon the word capitalism entirely because, um, again, going back to conversations that I've had with, um, the, one of the main guys over there from turn leftists is that he, when he talks about capitalism, he, he talks about the things that the state does, um, in this crony, you know, capitalist system that we have or corporatist system that we have. And I say, well, no, when I talk about capitalism, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a free market stateless society. And he's like, well, that's not capitalism. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, if, 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 like I, I would rather I mean, considering the fact that the that the term capitalism came from Marx anyways, I would rather I would rather just say, you know what, you keep that term capitalism. If that's capitalism to you, then fine. I'm not a capitalist, but I'm somebody that supports a free market, a stateless society yeah. where the market determines um, you know, what happens and not a state, not a centralized organization. Yeah, and that's that's probably interesting because it is just kind of that misconception of people look at America as the example of capitalism when it is become far from that at this point with his co-opt by the uh, the government and corporations as we are and all the cronyism within it that somebody who's a free market advocate like us would say that's that's not capitalism but probably the vast majority of people do see that as capitalism so you might have a good point there yeah I mean I definitely when I was on body in the bullet we talked about how we none of us really use the term capitalist or capitalism um, and how the guy Luke from body in the bullets uh, talked about um, how he calls himself a free market economist, and, I, and I'm not an economist, so I call myself a free marketeer, which you know kind of sounds funny, a marketeer. But <laughs> I, uh, you know, but I feel like that's what you would call that. But I, I, I also struggle with it because it the left, the far left, um, co-ops terms that really shouldn't be co-opted, like justice and like and, liberal, yeah, and liberal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like all those terms, like they don't. They co-opted those terms, but they don't use them in the way they actually supposed to use them. For like, for for instance, for anarchy, anarchy is literally defined as advocating for the absence of government. Like that is the definition of anarchy, right? And and the core definition is going back to um, without rulers, right? And so it, I, I struggle because I know that the original anarchists were on the left side of the spectrum, and a lot of them were. Uh, you know, socialist in, in advocating for anarchy and that socialist agenda almost. But at the same time, I just I almost feel like even those who really push the philosophy and the ideology of anarchy very early on, even they didn't understand the true term of it, because a true anarchist to me is just someone that in, in looking at the root word of the definition or the root word of anarchy simply just means without rulers. And so it just, I just struggle with that because they do co-opt a lot of terms. They do, uh, you know, like for instance, we, we talked about, we were talking about freaking gay rights and like, and uh, individual sovereignty forever. And now everyone's talking about those things and they don't give credit to any libertarians. You know what I'm saying? And so I just find it hard because I want to keep hold on to those terms because I feel like eventually we're not going to have our language. Isn't really going to mean anything because they've used it for all these different purposes. I wonder how much of it too might get uh, mixed up with anarchist and it's almost more, at least for myself, 
anti-authority. It doesn't have to be a state necessarily for me to be against it. I'm against anybody telling me how to live my life, right. uh, whether it's a state or corporation. And I think right. sometimes when they get they hear capitalists, they assume you're pro every single Amazon and Walmart of the world uh, when we're very much so against those kinds of people as well. Matt, I think you had something you wanted to say. Oh, well, um, I want to take the conversation in a radically different direction. So I'll let you say what you need to say. And then Please I'll, don't. Then I'll <laughs> Just don't ruin in. this. We're having a good time. Please don't do this. <laughs> you bring it well, down. Hey, if Dunk has something great to say, then I'll just shut up and I'll, I'll no, put dude. down my hand. Dunk's always got something good to say, so just do what you want to do. All right, th- I'll leave my hand down. Fine. <laughs> Hold that thought, Matt, and and uh, let me, let me say this, and then we'll get back to get back to you. Um, but just kind of keeping on the same um, thread of what we've been talking about, and now I'm actually kind of forgetting what the hell we were just talking about. Um, but basically, you know. Uh, how I had mentioned that, you know, anarchism comes from the left and what have you. Um, I think that uh, Magnus Panvidia was on um, Free Man Beyond the Wall recently with Pete Quinones, and he, he made a good point is that the world looked a lot different back then as well um, when anarchism was first established as, an, as a philosophy, as an ideal, um, and things have changed since then. And that I think it's, um, we can't just subscribe um, anarchism to one singular thought um and and expect that you know what we think would work today is still going to work 200 years from now just the same as what people thought was going to work 200 years from now may not necessarily work today um but i you know um something else that i've been kind of toying with in my mind um that i think is going to need is going to call for a longer discussion in the future but um after my discussion um, on episode nine of the podcast talking about it's a private company, bro. Um, and just basically talking about how most of the, you know, private quote unquote private companies, like you had mentioned, Matt, like um, Amazon, Walmart, and what have you uh, are really not private companies at all. And they've actually built their wealth on the backs of the taxpayers and what have you. And so something that I've actually been kind of playing with in my mind is that um, it, it almost does call for a somewhat, leftist revolution against these um, quote unquote capitalists or these crony um, corporate um, entities that have really earned, I wouldn't even say earned their wealth, but built their wealth off the backs of the taxpayers and, um, you know, through, through coercive and and violent means. Um, And not to say that, uh, you know, actual legitimate um, gaining of wealth is, is, you know, bad or immoral or what have you, but the ones that have joined it are, excuse me, the ones that have um, not earned it basically uh, by exploiting the state. Um, sorry, I've, <laughs> there's text going on in the, in the text box here to throw me off a little bit. <laughs> so hold on. Uh, so I'm not going to be real. I'm like, with that. I'm like yeah. sending dick pics in the chat that. messages, dude. <laughs> um, I think, Dunk, uh, just, to, just to like expand on this conversation and then we can just stay on this thread. Um, I think that your your examination of the the use of the word anarchist is really powerful. Yo, dog, shut up. <laughs> I see what you did there, dude. Thank you. I see what you did. <laughs> Dog's got something to <laughs> say Yo, too. Dog. Um, so, so uh, <laughs> but it's it's really interesting, right? Because if you look at the if you look at the history of anarchists, right, um, a lot of people contribute the. The father of anarchism would be Mikhail Bakunin, depending on who you talk to, right? And he is one of Marx's confidants. Like they're they're marching around Europe 
in Russia in the in the mid 1800s talking about how they have to throw off the bourgeoisie and they have to destroy the royalty to free the people. And what's interesting where you get the separation between Bakunin and Marx is that Bakunin rejected Marx's idea that you had to overtake the state to bring this on, right? Because Marx was like, we have to seize the means of production and we have to foster this revolution, like the proletariat, the dictatorship of the proletariat, as he says, right? And then we'll take control of the state and then we will implement our communist utopia. And Bakunin said, nah, dude, we'll just break the state and we'll just be done with it right now. And then we, you know, we can just like, we can, we can forego you know, um, items one, two, three, four, five, and six in your plan by just like overthrowing the government tomorrow. And so I think that mm-hmm. it is important though, that we, and then to build on Jamie's point that it's important that we, that we put in context where this word has come from, because an anarchist in the eight in the 19th century is not an anarchist as we know them today in 2021 and an anarchist in the 20th century, right? Because you can look up, you can look at presidents assassinated by anarchists. You can look up royalty in Europe assassinated by anarchists. I mean, like arguably one of the most influential acts that any one man has ever done was Gabriel Princip shooting the Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand in Sarajevo, right? That plunges the world into World War One, And we all know that that starts on like, you know, like you can literally argue that the last hundred years of human interaction has has spurred from, you know, this this random wrong turn that the driver makes because they tried to bomb him earlier. And then he's just like drives down the lane that the that. Uh, the Princip's having a sandwich. He's like, oh my God, the, the Archduke, and he shoots him. And then we all know what happens, right? And so I think it's important though that we that we identify where these terms have come from, but at the same time that we do fight to protect what's ours, right? Because like Jamie said, I don't want us to get into a world where this idea of like self-sovereignty and personal responsibility, things that freedom-loving people have been espousing gets wrapped up into the language of the left or the, or the right. No. Yeah. I mean, that's why like, I, I give Matt a hard time, but I love having him on because he, uh, he's a smart ass dude and he knows his stuff. So, um, and I can't compete with that cause I'm stupid, but I, uh, I, I do. <laughs> I, 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 hey, somebody's got to pe- somebody's got to speak to the mob for us, Jamie. Yes, absolutely. Somebody has got to waste their money on a useful <laughs> liberal arts degree is what it yes. is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be fair. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that. Not me, but I, uh, you know, I dropped out of school when I was actually going to a liberal arts college and I was like, I'm out, dude. This is, this is, this is pointless. But uh, I do want to say to Matt's point. So I looked up, I, I'm actually really into understanding like the root word the root meanings of words and where they come from. I find it, I, there's a term for that. I can't really, Matt, you probably know what that's called, but I, uh, I, I find it super interesting where words come from. And so I just looked up like the root meaning of anarchy just to make sure I was correct. And I want to read this quick because it, you, you were talking about the importance of knowing where words come from. So this comes from, uh, I, it, I don't even know how to pronounce that website, but anyways, the, it says anarchy, 1530s, absence of government from French anarchy, or directly from medieval Latin anarchia, from Greek anarchia, lack quote lack of a leader, the state of people without a government. In Athens, used 
um, used in the year of 404 BC. Um, and then it goes on to say abstract noun from anarchos, rulerless, and then from an without. So basically meaning you put those two words together without rulers. Um, and then from the 1660s, as confusion or absence of authority in general. Um, so it just, it, by the time the 1660s rolled around, um, they were saying it basically meant the that absence of authority in general, which goes back to what Logan talked about, was it's not just government, it's companies, it's any authority telling me how to live my life that I don't consent to, right? And then by 1849, in reference to the social theory advocating for order without power, and they go into the 1830s with French political philosopher Pierre-Joseph Proudhon, who is considered the modern father of anarchy. So I just want to go into that because I think it's important that that it's not it doesn't it, it's not attached to a <clears throat> political ideology. The, the meaning strictly comes from without ruler. So like like Dunk, like you said, it doesn't really matter where it comes from. The meaning anarcho capitalist, anarcho communist volunteerist, whatever you want to call yourself. But at the end of the day, anybody that believes with anybody that believes in absence of government or authority or rulers is an anarchist. It's plain and simple. The, the economic tag that comes on the second half of that really doesn't matter because if you're living in a rulerless society, you can decide which system you want to live in and what you want to attribute to or contribute to, excuse me. Really quick because I'm petty and I don't want anybody out there to think that Matthew's the smarter half of Against the Mob podcast. <laughs> uh, the etymology is the root of all words. You Google yeah, it. You had to Google that, didn't you? I did look it up. <laughs> yeah, you had to because, Google that. Because I was spelling it with a D. I was going to say etymology, etymology but I didn't yeah. know the word. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, isn't that what J.R.R. Tolkien, the guy that wrote uh, Lord of the Rings, I'm pretty sure he was he studied entomology, and so did C.S. Lewis, I believe. But I Something along those lines. He was a linguist for sure, because yeah, I think the root of it yeah. was that he came up with the Elvish language before he ever wrote the book. Yep, yep. And that's how you spot a real nerd right there. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote. Oh, that's yeah, very seriously. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I used I wrote, to fancy myself a decent writer and, and loved uh, that that area of fiction. Uh, and always thought <clears throat> as a young man, I'll probably write uh, a fictional novel at some point. And then yeah. you look into people like George R. R. Martin or uh, Tolkien and see the depth that they go into and you go, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm never going to write anything that good in my entire life. <laughs> Leave him out of this. No, I'm just joking. I, uh, no, I, uh, as I wear my shirt, you see that? I'm not sure if you <laughs> Who's his? Who's? Where is that? Yeah. But, uh, I, but on, on a slightly different subject, I'm really into uh, – I, you guys are going to give me a hard time for this one, so I'm just going to jump into it. Comic books. I'm a comic book nerd. I'm a big fan of Marvel so comics. Specifically My Little Pony. Yeah, specifically My <laughs> Little po Apocalypse Pony, issue number 54. No, I, uh, <laughs> that's a reference to – That's a good uh, one. That's a reference to uh, Robot Chicken on Adult Swim back in the day. But uh, I, I like still – I have this pseudo dream of eventually being able to write – uh, like create a comic book company that is that is centered around our ideals, and I've seen some of it kind of around now, and people are doing that. But I was just thinking that was uh funny that you you said that Logan about wanting to write, and I think you should still write because we need to win the culture uh, outside of politics. So I just wanted to say that I'll have to look it up. But there's a gentleman I just heard on a podcast the other day who left DC Comics. He was yeah, uh, exactly what you're talking for about. a long time. Eric yeah, July okay. was talking about him on For Canon's Sake. If you guys listened to Backwards, uh, Eric July is the lead singer of Backwards. I think, uh, well, no, Dunk, I don't think you showed him to me, but I think we mutually appreciated them in early on in our romantic relationship. I mean, friendly relationship. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, man, I love I love backwards. There is definitely a, a marker for that kind of stuff. I I wouldn't be shocked to see that all kind of take off. I and mean, we've already seen a lot of uh, movie studios starting to kind of pop their heads up as conservative based music uh, or movie theaters um, studios rather. Um, I think there's a big hunger for that, and just to. Uh, Art has always come from a place. Hey, I'm stuttering over here. Excuse you went through me. Like three different words. Yeah, I loved it. Stu- stu- studios. Eventually, <laughs> I used studio too early, and then I wanted to use it again, and I started not to. Uh, but anyway, I, I think there is definitely a, a market for that, and we're going to see that. And art, art is ultimately uh, better when it's punching up, and you can't really punch up when the the left is controlling the culture at this point anyway, from a left perspective. So I think we'll see a lot yeah. more of that come from the right in, in years to come. Just because um, Jamie had brought up comic books, this was actually something that I had in my, like, I guess you want to call it show prep um, for today. I saw um, on Twitter, I, I think this was actually something that Magnus Panvidia had um, posted about this Batman comic, or actually it's called, um, it's called Future State Gotham. I guess it's a, just a new comic based around the, the Batman universe or whatever. Um, but on one of these pages, they have... Um, hear this this group so so you see all these guys they're all wearing hawaiian shirts they've got like flak vests on and um some of them are carrying rifles and stuff like that and uh, so they look like yeah right they look like boogaloo boys right and so they have they have batman strung up um by chains and um so so here's what it says it says uh the igloo boys the igloo boys (laughs) Uh, were Penguin's ex-henchmen who formed their own gang after uh, the magistrate took out Penguin. Um, They're racist, anti-government anarchists, and all-around shitty people. They're trafficking ghost guns, they kidnapped a cop, and they're trying to kill me. Um, And so, like, the... (laughs) Again, it's showing all these guys in Hawaiian shirts, and, like, one of them (laughs) says, uh, this dude's black, and they said, Batman's not black, who the hell is this? And then I'm guessing it's the N-word, because it's, like, bleeped out. Um, These people are taking over everything. Uh, Kill them, let's go... Kill them, and then let's go kill some cops. Hey, man, you got any more meth? I'm starting to crash. And so I'm just like, I'm just dying. Sounds like an awesome comic. <laughs> I'm just dying looking at this because it's it's crazy because they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to equate the Boogaloo movement with with racism and drug use, basically. And, and, you and know, with trying to- zero irony of being a, a group on the left and completely supporting the billionaire in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, it's, you. It's, Thank you. You're so telling is, me that you want you you're I'm supposed to root for the the billionaire hedge fund guy who's trying to stop like uh what was who, it? Uh, who circumvents the law at his own desire when it yeah. doesn't uh, please him. What's and it, I'm like, down with that. Ivy trying to like make sure that the world's still green and Mr. Freeze <laughs> is trying to stop climate change and I'm supposed to root for the billionaire. Yeah, yeah people just wants to eat some fish. Fuck out of here. I love that. Is that a DC comic dunk? Is it like straight up from DC? It's just a, uh, see, that's what I'm, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, yeah, this is a legit. It, it's kind of funny, but I mean, to be honest, it's actually, it's it's a little bit sickening. I mean, this is a legit DC comic that's basically just trying to paint anybody that wears the Hawaiian shirt and, you know, totes a rifle as a racist. And this was a big thing, you know, back at the beginning of the, the George Floyd um, protests and stuff like that. Um, I remember, you know, I, I went to um, what the, the big protest that they had here in my town um, for George Floyd uh, when that first happened and there was um, some Boogaloo boys there and I went to talk to them 
um you know and just like hey who, you know who are y'all with and I'm like oh we're, you know we're boogaloo boys and i'm like okay cool um and so we're just bullshitting and you know of course i agreed with them on a lot of things and um a group of the protesters there you know with I, there wasn't really um an official black lives matter like group or anything there that i'm aware of i'm not sure who organized the protest but a lot of people came up there and started yelling at them and telling them to get the fuck out of here and all this i'm like you realize that these people are are kind of on your side they have more in common with you and and what you want than than you actually believe um but of course because the media has painted anybody that wears a um, hawaiian shirt as a as a white supremacist that's all that they see these people as and so those guys actually ended up having to leave because they got surrounded by a bunch of angry people yelling at them and i'm like these guys hate cops just as much as you do (laughs) like what an what an unfortunate turn for all the andy reed-esque fat guys out there that can't wear their hawaiian shirts anymore Yeah. I'm still rocking this bad boy, dude. I, uh, because you're a racist. That's true. Yes. Very. I, uh, <laughs> as I have Matt to come on and co host my podcast with me this last week. Um, <laughs> so racist, dude. I, uh, hey, I got black friends. <laughs> <laughs> Said every racist ever. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm so, uh, I'm actually, so I'm a Sicilian Italian, right? Uh, is where my real knuckle dragger. Yeah, dude, real knuckle dragger. Do you yeah, snowboard? <laughs> Sicilians? No, we don't. I just eat pizza, bro. But I uh, so <laughs> Jim we Tan laundry, bro. Yeah, yeah, GTL. I hated that show so much, bro. Especially because half those guys weren't even Italian, freaking posers. But I, uh, <laughs> damn it, guys. Sure Long story short, is they were like. conquered by the Sicily. The reason they're like darker skin and like have darker eyes and stuff like that is uh, they were conquered by the Moors, which is an African tribe. So, yeah, yeah, come at me with that racist Indeed. crap again, bro. I'm black. <laughs> I can't really say much. Uh, my sister did a twenty three and me, and it uh, it came You're back that white, the eth- yeah the ethnic part of our uh, genealogy was like German. So. <laughs> It's pretty, pretty uh, strong honky jeans over here. Nice, dude. Wait, hold up. You're, sir, didn't you? I remember something about this. Didn't you have like a very, 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 very small percentage of like West African, which I attributed to just um, one of your great, great, great grandfathers raping one of his slaves? Uh, it would have been uh, Iberian. There was 0.2% Iberian Peninsula and 0.2% Iberian or. Uh, uh, Ashkenazi Jew, rather, which was probably the same person, if we're being honest. <laughs> I, one... I'm laughing way too. I got to mute my mic, dude, because this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's funny. I was listening to, to um, Pete Quinona's podcast, and he was saying that, um, you know, wh- when you take those 23andMe um, and, and what's the other one, Ancestry.com mm-hmm. or whatever, um, that's all really just based on, like, w- you know, they went around and found one person. They're like, well, you know, what race are you? Oh, I'm Ashkenazi Jew. And like, okay, we'll just take you for your word. And now yeah. whoever has, you know, the, the same genes as you is, is also a Jew or whatever. And it's yeah, like, there's, there's certainly a lot of it that is just kind of uh, spanning from the genetics of an area. And they're like, well, yeah. these are all common things within Ireland. So they must be emphatically Irish genetics. So it's it's not a perfect system by any, any no. means. Although I will say to their credit, I get sunburns from the moon when it's full, so they probably nailed mine. <laughs> you're from like the you're like from Antarctica, dude. You're like the, this white yeah, tribe up in Antarctica. I am hundred percent not supposed to be living in Texas with my uh, skin tone. Sorry. I have I have two skin colors. I have red when I get sunburned, and I have pink, which is the default you're seeing now. 
I gotta say <laughs> this too, though. I it, it did you guys see the? I got two points. Uh, did you see the Marvel thing with uh, Red Skull and him, them portraying Red Skull as as Jordan Peterson? Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I saw that. I heard yeah. about that. I, yeah. I I saw like the memes about it, but I never actually heard the backstory behind it. So I, I'm pretty lost on the whole. They just they, so they like I'm a Marvel. I'm like I hate DC comics. So full transparency to any DC fans, big fan of Marvel. <laughs> uh, at least I'm a big fan of Marvel myself. Yeah, dude, Marvel. Yeah. It's hard because I'm like. Dude, like Marvel comics are great. The movies are great. You know, even though they they really piss me off sometimes with their narratives. But long story short, is uh, they portrayed Jordan Peterson as a Red Skull, and 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 the new comic books Red Skull is like this almost like this pseudo Alex Jones character, but it's like Alex Jones mm-hmm. only in the form of him having his own like uh, internet like TV show like Infowars. But on it, it was talk like literally behind Red Skull, he had like posters up that was saying like chaos and order. And it was because Jordan Peterson has 12 rules for life. I was going to say 11 rules for life. It's it's a 10 (laughs) rules for living or something like that. So like straight up, like just like, um, you know, making Jordan Peterson, this, this Nazi, like, like literally red skull is a Nazi from world war two. And, um, it, it bothers me because we talk about how much, how we're anti-political and how we don't believe the political system has the answers that we're looking for, because I generally believe it does not. Uh, and, and we talk about how we need to win the culture. And I think, and I want to get y'all's opinion about this because I made a, I made a post about this on my locals recently about us being like in the Liberty movement, we're very reactionary and conservatives are super reactionary. I think we're at least a little bit better about the culture, but we're all reactionary to what the left is doing. And hence that's why we're losing the culture. When you see that in DC, Marvel movies, TV shows, anything, we're not influencing the culture at all. Hence why we're losing the battle um, you know, especially when it comes to DC, because politics is downstream of culture, right? And so, I just wanted to get y'all's opinion about how, because that's that's for me, that's what Liberty Uninterrupted is, is is talking about the principles of libertarianism and how we interject that into the culture. And I kind of want to get y'all's opinions on that. So basically, what you're saying is that uh, representation is really important to you, and you want to get more of that Liberty representation out there. Absolutely. <laughs> Which there is a point to that. I'm not I mean, represented. There, <laughs> there certainly is a point to that. It's kind of the same uh, of the same ilk of the people who are clamoring for diversity will purge anybody from polite society who has a different opinion than them politically. Um, it's then therefore not very diverse in their thinking at all. Uh, and hopefully that is the the silver lining of that is with all of this culture and with us being kind of the underdogs at this point that there will be some quality art come from this that can start swaying the culture because we certainly do need to get that message out there uh, and like i said earlier it's definitely an uphill battle because there is an active cathedral of intellectuals who are being co-opted by the state to spread their message so if we're not uh do on our due diligence and spreading that message at some point as well even though we have the better arguments uh if they get hit the same argument 99 times to our one good argument they're going to push it aside pretty quickly I like what um, Tim Pool is doing, you know, kind of building an empire over there. Um, and yeah. he's not, he's uh, kind of seems like he's becoming a little more libertarian as time passes, but he's not, you know, necessarily a, a libertarian or an anarchist or what have you, but he's definitely calling out the cathedral, um, calling out the, you know, the quote unquote fake news and, and what have you. 
Um, and I like one of the things that he said is he said he, he put a um, Gadsden flag in his skate park. So when he's doing videos of him, like going out and skating uh, his little mini ramps and stuff, some kid will see, you know, that flag in the background of the video. And when his teacher tries to, you know, throw up the Gadsden flag on the projector and say, you know, this is a symbol of white supremacy or whatever, he's like, no, it's not like Tim Pool has that in a skate park. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and just being able to kind of implant those little nuggets um, and into the culture and, um, I think that's something that's important. Um, like you said, is just kind of getting our voices out there to be a counter narrative um, to, to the cathedral. And to people like the, have y'all ever listened to Hotep's Been Told You podcast with Hotep Jesus, Uncle mm-hmm. Hotep? Mm-hmm. I like those groups as well. There's a, a large liberty movement within the African-American community that I think is going to do uh, a lot to dispel that when white liberals are screaming racist at a bunch of black libertarians. Well, you see that with Maj Touré, dude. Maj Touré is, well. like, is probably leading. I would say Maj Touré and then um, who's the other one? Um, who is it? Oh, uh, Larry Sharp is what mm-hmm. I was thinking of. He, mm-hmm. Even though he's more of a capital L libertarian, which I don't care. I mean, he's still leading the liberty movement. He, he's another loud. He's gotten louder. Yeah. I mean, Hopefully really, that Mises caucus will go ahead and take care of the, the big L's and they'll be on the right track anyway Dude, pretty soon. The, honestly, the only reason I've kept um, my Libertarian Party membership is to be a part of the Mises caucus. Because I, I look at it as a club, to be honest with you. And the Mises caucus has it going on, dude. So Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's where it's I don't at. think you're uh, saying anything to anybody here who doesn't believe that. Go ahead, Matt. You had your hand up. Oh, um, intro, uh, back to the Gadsden flag because – I keep thinking about um, your your time on Turn Left podcast, right? Because I listened to that. I listened to that several times just to like, you know, understand some of their arguments. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, I, I chose to. I chose to. So no worries. Um, but what strikes me, what's what's interesting about the Gadsden flag being lumped in with like the the white supremacist fascist movement, right? Like they were like a lot of people have been trying to claim is I don't, I don't understand the, how it's become like this outspoken symbol of white supremacy. Right. So bear with me here. Um, when, when you see a Confederate flag, there is no way to separate the history of that flag from that flag. Right. You can say, no, it's heritage, not hate. And it states rights, but it's like, no, it's all about slaves. It's all about keeping black people in chains, right? Like that's all that that's all that flag is about, right? There's no way to spin the Confederate flag in any other way because all of those states in their Confederate constitutions talked about it was it was it, it, that we are doing this for our rights to own slaves and that whites were superior. There's like the like anytime someone comes at me with that states right argument, it's like bullshit. Get out of here, like I. Like that was that's that's a that's a seventh grade argument. Come back later. Um, and then the same thing when when you see like a Nazi flag, right? There is no way to separate the Nazi symbol from what it did, right? So you can't fly a Nazi flag and be like, no, 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 no. I'm actually I'm I'm fine with the Jews. I just think that Germany should control. You know that we need lots of Lebensraum. You know, and it, there's there's no <laughs> way to separate these arguments. From right. what the flag means, right? You fly a Nazi flag, you're a fucking Nazi, or you are a supporter of the Nazi, which makes you an objectively terrible human being. And you fly a Confederate flag, you're objectively a bad person because there's no way to separate the history from that flag. But when you look at the Gadsden flag, and yeah, sure, sometimes you see Gadsden flag show up at that like Char like Charlottesville and some of these other like alt right movements. There is no history of oppression 
with the Gadsden flag. The Gadsden flag comes, it is an anti-authority movement. And just because a few bad apples might fly, that flag does not make it automatically a white supremacist or an oppressed. Like, so I guess look at it this way. The Confederate flag and the Nazi flag are the symbols of the oppressors. And there's no way to turn that in any other direction. The Gadsden flag is a symbol of those who do not want to be oppressed. And I think that any time that you see a Gadsden flag in a in an area where it should not probably be flown, then I think that we can contribute that to a bad apple that, that is misrepresenting our ideology and not encompassing of the whole ideology. There's no way to separate an, like the Nazi flag from its history. There's no way to separate the Confederate flag from its history. You can separate the Gadsden flag in some of those situations. As Logan rips one... down his uh, swastika in the background. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Hey. <laughs> I would give one caveat to that. I think there's uh, kind of the same thing that we would say to the capitalist uh, riot people who went into the building. There is maybe room for ignorance. I think there's a lot of dummies out there that fly a Confederate flag that don't understand what it means. Um, and maybe less so with the Nazi flag. There's pretty pretty good history of that. Um but I, I would also say I, I think a lot of that inertia that has made that uh, Gatson flag demonized in our culture is the same kind of effort you see from the cathedral and, and what we said earlier of why didn't they go after Black Lives Matter when they're burning down cities. And it's because the state doesn't really give a fuck about you as a person, about your property, your small business. But as soon as you are a threat to the government itself, that's why a guy like John Bolton will get on TV and call libertarians terrorists. Uh, with, despite all the blood soaked on his hands in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we, we saw that in, um, was it Portland, where they had those those federal police out there, like, basically um, kidnapping people on the streets, and it wasn't because they were out riding, um, burning down buildings, it was because they were, tar- they were starting to actually target the federal buildings mm-hmm. and the state buildings, and that's when, you know, the federal troops got involved. Um, and I just love, you know, how leftists will say that, um, you know, the police were, were out there um, attacking Antifa and stuff like that. Um, but over the last year and a half, I mean, we can really see that that's typically not the case. They let them go out there and do whatever the hell they want and burn things down. And it's not until like, the you know, you see a guy get out of his truck because he's got a, a street barricaded off and people are banging on his windows and he pulls out a gun to protect himself. And that's when the, the cops, pull, uh, you know, step in and arrest him. Oh, and it's not like so frustrating. Every- there's there's been more than one that were almost the exact same like video too like just a different you know a different different people but almost the exact same um situation and yeah those those videos piss me off because um this is the one thing that police should actually be doing is is protecting people and property and that's the thing that they're the worst at doing and sadly more and more that's becoming something they're trying to keep arms linked from the cell phone we've even seen court cases go that way in uh new york specifically is where i'm thinking of where the court decided, yeah, that a, a police officer has no obligation to risk his own life to save yours. And it's like, well, then what the hell is a police officer at that point? Well, the police officers there to uh, enact the law. And so what's really interesting when you're talking about like who or what's what's valued or right or what the state cares about, just to put this in perspective, right? So Derek Chauvin got 22 and a half years and I don't really care what people feel about whether that's a fair fair verdict not fair verdict don't don't give a shit 
He gets 22 and a half years for being convicted of murder. And whether you think that second degree murder or not, it's still irrelevant, right? He gets 22 and a half years for murder. John McAfee was looking at 30 years for tax evasion. Just put that in perspective. Who, what the government cares more about. Where their priorities Don't pay your taxes. Are. You're going to get a little bit more time than snubbing out a human life. Just to put that well, in perspective. Well, let's get into McAfee then since we brought that up. McAfee killed himself. I don't think he, he killed himself. He didn't kill himself. No, I don't it. think so. I'm still kind of teetering on the fence. I would I'm on not the be. Fence. I'm, I'm 75% he didn't kill himself. Did I don't he think have a tattoo that says Schwacked? Yeah, I the money sign Whacked. <laughs> Which is actually yeah. trading at like four pennies per person. Per uh, crypto, last time I checked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, Schwat? Mm-hmm. Schwat? Yeah, it's an actual coin. Oh, is it? I didn't I know that. Didn't yeah, that's what that's that. what the dollar sign in front of it stands for. So it's it's oh, actually it's actually cryptocurrency whacked is another way to look at it. Here, let me look at what it's uh, interesting. What it's dude. trading at? I don't think. I, dude, there's no I meant way to buy bro, because he was about, what was he? He was about to get extradited to the U.S. Hmm. Right? Was that was that with the issue? That's correct. Yeah, literally within hours of the news coming out that he was going to be extradited into the U.S. and then it says that he killed himself in a in a Spanish jail cell. I mean, so is that your theory that he just like was like I'm going to get extradited? I'm just going to kill myself. I'd rather just die here than get extradited. That's what I leave open in there is that he might have been bluffing about not ever wanting to kill himself. He might have wanted to to go to the grave as a troll in general. And when he saw the walls closing in, a lot of people say like he lived a great life. Why would he want to kill himself? And that's kind of my point is, yeah, but that great life was about to be over. He's about to go to Gitmo once he got back to America. Yeah, it, it certainly could be possible. Um, I'm still of the opinion that I, I don't think that he killed himself, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say without a doubt that he didn't. It definitely could be possible. I mean, people's people's mindsets can definitely change. I've been in dark places in my past before and, and definitely pulled myself out of that. Do you guys and I uh... can do y'all wake up every morning like it's Christmas to go search online and see if the dead man switch is activated yet? I haven't been digging too <laughs> deeply into that, but I've seen some things and I'm really eager to see what comes of it for sure. Yeah. He, he, he what, has, he's so probably had like 31 terabytes of data on, on government corruption or something like that. Oh, really? Supposedly. Supposedly. Oh, have you guys heard the, the good conspiracy that he owned property in the Florida high rise that has collapsed? That's one of those oh, that's yeah. circulating around that he owned an I apartment or he owned a condo in that building and that there was evidence in that that they needed to uh, bury. So they, you know, just collapsed half a building. It did collapse right after a uh, U.S. Navy weapons test. That was some ridiculous bomb that blew up that definitely caused uh, measurable earthquakes on the gr- on the land. So there's a lot of people kind of pointing to that going like, at the very least... Even if all the rest of that's too conspiratorial to you, should we not at least address how our tax money got used to test a ridiculously expensive bomb that then caused earthquakes on American soil? I just want to say, didn't McAfee post like a Q, like his last post on Instagram was a Q? Or something In like fact, that? I think that came after his death. It was after oh, his death really? was reported. And yeah. then it was deleted pretty quick after. The whole page got taken down. Yeah, the only the only thing that I have that tells me that he didn't just because my, my mind instantly leans like it's all conspiracy he probably he definitely got suicided i know someone who's high up in the cybersecurity world who knew him personally and this person said that several years ago 
that backstage at like this big hacker conference in Las Vegas, he was clearly unhinged to the point to where security was like, we should all probably not be in the same room with him backstage. You know, he was in the corner whispering to himself with his hoodie up. And so this person said that she's known him for several years and that he has not been mentally stable for, you know, a, a good solid chunk of it. So, I mean, that's the only thing that I have in my mind that it's like, maybe it's, you know, he's 75 years old who wants to spend the rest of their life in a prison. Like, you know, why, why not just, cause if I'm 75 and I'm facing 30 years in the U S prison, eh, well, you know, whatever kind of go out on his own. I could see that dude. He wanted to go out on his own terms. Right. And, and he did say that he would rather die than, than pay taxes. So <laughs> I, uh, it reminds I mean, me of that stupid, um, quote. Um, it's a, it's a Futurama skit where he's like, Hey, you owe me a dollar. And Fry's like, I'll die before I give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Futurama is an underrated show, man. That's a good one. No, I, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, I, you do, you gotta give the man props for saying that he would rather die. If he did kill himself, he would rather die than pay taxes and follow up on that. I mean, it was a word. Dude, that's I a mean, strong word to back up for sure. I, I mean, like it, it is crazy to me though that I go back to Matt's original point that Chauvin gets twenty two point one five years right in yeah. prison for actively murdering somebody in broad daylight mm-hmm. while uh, supposed to be a public while while posing as a quote unquote public servant, and then you have somebody that just said, you know what, I I, I really don't want to pay you guys money that I earned um, in the form of theft and taxation, and he he was to get thirty years. You know what I'm saying? Or there's people serving lifetime sentences for marijuana possession mm-hmm. uh, while this man gets 22. It, it just, dude, it, it, me and Dunk did an episode on on the war on drugs. And not to go into that because that's a whole different subject. But long story short is it, it always amazes me the amount of people that don't see the hypocrisy of the state and still insist that uh, that these that police officers and those who actively act against um, individual sovereignty are just doing their job. Meanwhile, we have kids that got arrested who just turned eighteen now, serving their entire lives for a victimless crime. It, it really hell, does you baffle can, me. You can make a one to one comparison of <clears throat> essentially. I guess the argument is that McAfee was misappropriating tax money that should have been used for the good of all the people. And I've always kind of believed that if we're going to subscribe to a system where we all funnel our money into the same place and somebody gets to decide the best way to spend it and then it gets used for personal gain or gain of their relatives or their buddy, which we see all the goddamn time in government and never gets punished. Uh, to me, that's treason against <clears throat> all of America. <laughs> you you were the one entrusted with the right, uh, the great money, the way that it gets spent and you, you misused it. And yet you can see the priority of the state crimes against all Americans in misappropriating tax money at the federal level meets almost never any punishment. Whereas one guy not paying his taxes in the form of a uh, John McAfee will get you killed in a Barcelona prison. <laughs> Make tar and feathering popular again. <laughs> yeah, that's here. what I'm saying. I've, uh, I've long here. since been an advocate of that. If you really want a government that works, I think the, the first thing that I, you would have to concede to me 
uh, to get me to agree to any government is that you got to have a guillotine out front uh, for those people who misuse it. You know, you got to kill trees. Guillotines and wood chippers. <laughs> You're just using it for to like cut fruit out in, the, in front of the Capitol, just like <laughs> cut, cut our watermelons and hand it out. No, I uh, guillotines and wood chippers. I like that. <laughs> Matt just came on my podcast and we talked. We talked about the social contract and deconstructed the social contract. And Matt, you actually were trying to steal man the the status position of. Uh, the the taxation right now that's one of the jobs of the state is to collect funds and reallocate them properly it was and hard let, let's it was hard i mean you failed really bad so <laughs> I, I did i blew it i listened back to it and was like man i did not do a good job <laughs> <laughs> i mean in your defense dude that's just a hard position to defend for anybody let alone somebody that's not a status but uh, the reason i bring that up is that i do want to say that um shit where was i going dude, why do i always do that Every time I'm with y'all, y'all freaking get me with this, with my train of thought. <laughs> Same thing with Don, dude. Hey, hey take personal responsibility, in. Jamie. Damn it, dude. Yeah, you're you right. You're right. That's on me. Yourself, sir. That's on me. It's all that. <laughs> it's all those shrooms I hit before I came on here. No, I, uh, <laughs> Don's like, you're right. You know. <laughs> you don't hit shrooms, Jamie. You eat them. <laughs> So I was about to say, Jamie just uh, outed himself there to our mushroom community. Oh, man. I'm so bad at this drug stuff. <laughs> no, I, where was I going with that? The taxation that – oh, yeah. I was saying the, the reallocation. Like the state has argued that one of the jobs of government is to reallocate funds. And even if you believe that, even if you believe that taxation isn't theft and that it's moral for whatever reason – um, that the, the thought that you can somehow defend the position and then still say that that there's literally zero accountability within our taxation system. We have no idea what our money goes to. They don't account for it. It's like, what was it? Donald Rumsfeld said they lost, what, two point something trillion dollars or what, what was it? Yeah, he announced that on September 10th. And then yeah. what happened on September 11th? The, yep. the, the accounting department of the Pentagon got hit. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. It's just, yeah, real it's just one of those odd coincidences, <laughs> you know. Seriously, let's but not it, put on our to- our tinfoil hats now. Come on. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's been on. It's under my regular hat. I keep it's like a tinfoil yarmulke that I keep on at all times. Jokes on you guys! I embedded mine into the skull. That's <laughs> <laughs> got a, an aluminum skull. That makes so much sense now. Never, never take mine off. <laughs> he like takes the like, top of his head is like all dented and messed up. <laughs> Makes uh, makes airplane travel a bit difficult, but outside of that, <laughs> wonderful idea. This man's got a metal head. No, I just do think that is interesting that they that, that uh, there's no way to defend that position once you say, well, what about the accountability portion? Even if you do believe that is correct, do you believe that there should just be zero accountability with the money that they do take that mm-hmm. we don't know where any of that goes to? Um, even if you do believe taxation uh, is, is moral, wouldn't you think that you know if your money gets taken that you should have some say in where it goes to um, or that it should go to at least your community? All of those questions, if you even do believe in taxes, no one seems to be able to answer um, truthfully. At least. I mean, they can answer, but they don't mean what they say. So yeah, I've so heard before that we don't even need to push in the Fed so much. And it's not very palatable to the normies that even audit the Fed would be enough if we saw the atrocity of where this money went. Most people would be down for ending the Fed at that point. Yeah, there's. Uh, I just pulled up this because uh, you're talking about no accountability. This uh, article was published in November of 2018, and it says the U.S. Air Force still can't explain why it spent $1,280 on a coffee cup. <laughs> I think I've seen that one. What about the hammers? The $10,000 hammers? 
was there's that? a lot there's a lot of that there's so yeah. many examples of that that's that was exactly on, right uh, i forget what podcast I was listening to when they were talking about ten thousand dollar hammers there i think Rand paul was one the one that released he was doing like a yearly government waste report or something like that you guys remember that and he would talk mm-hmm. oh, about yeah. like they were there was like they sent like like hundreds of thousands of dollars to Peru to study the the mating habits of Peruvian frogs. I'm just like, <laughs> dude, I, I, I like they're turning the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> they're making the frogs gay. Which once again turned out to very true. Yeah, it actually turned out to be true. That one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me? I really I did that, like, like Michael Malice um, when him and Alex Jones were on Tim Pool's show. Because Michael Malice would derail um, Alex Jones whenever he would get going with knock-knock jokes. Masterfully and then, done. And then my, my favorite was... Um, I never listened to that. It was a good one. I didn't so, um, it actually got removed, too, because uh, they said something they couldn't say. It all had to do with the Ukrainian um, name that you're not allowed to say. Um, and so Michael Malice... or So Alex Jones is on a rant, and he goes... And Michael Malice interrupts. He goes, knock-knock. <laughs> and... Um, Alex goes, who's there? And he goes, Bill. And then uh, he's like, Bill who? And he's like, Building 7 was a controlled demolition. I have the documents to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if for nothing else, Jamie, you got to go listen to that episode just to see the way that Michael Malice uh, curtails Alex Jones. I've never seen a more masterful way because Alex Jones has such a tendency to go Michael in these Malice. insane rants where he is a lot of times on the right track, but he's going to go so do- far down the rabbit hole before you can ask a question that he's, he's going to discredit himself. Uh, that Malice, <laughs> Malice just kind of had this, I mean, beautiful jujitsu type of precision of undercutting Alex Jones and getting him to stop talking for two seconds so that the conversation Michael can come back Malice to, uh, is, an understandable is level. the king of intelligent trolls. Like, there's just he's no smart. other way around it. He's a national he's treasure. He, he, Amen. We, we should make, protect Michael Malice at all costs. Dude, I was just about to say that. You, oh, gosh, you took it. I, uh, <laughs> we, should, we should make a joint T-shirt. That that uh, and we'll have that on there. <laughs> Protect Michael, Michael Malice. Michael Malice at all costs. And it's gonna have him in his fucking communist garb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his Kim Jong Un outfit. Yes. It's gonna say you can have a bunch of a bunch of silhouettes standing around a much shorter silhouette in the middle. Speaking of Michael Malice, <laughs> did you guys all get the Anarchist Handbook? Does everyone have that? I have not yet, and I desperately need to. My copy's sitting on my uh, my coffee table. I've what only got, I've only place. I've only cracked it open a, a little bit. I haven't had a chance to really sit down and, and read through it yet. But um, I was actually I had that as another note for my my prep today that I wanted to just say that that's been one of the biggest white pills um, to steal, you know, a, a phrase from um, from Dave Smith is just seeing how well that book has done and that it actually reached to be like. Um, I think it was number one for like a short period of time on Amazon and it's still like way up there. It's still number one in, in anarchism, which I mean, there's not a ton of books there, I would imagine. But um, <clears throat> just the fact that it like, you know, kind of grassroots really sold really well um, and was uh, an introduction to anarchism probably for a lot of people that have never actually sat down and read Rothbard or Lysander Spooner or what have you. Um, that's, it really is a big white pill. Um well, his next just, book is the White Pill, right? Is that the one he's going yeah. with next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's uh, no, I don't care. I think you're completely right, man. I that was I in the, the Malice's credit, he even said he went on Dave Smith like I think it was a couple of days after the book came out, and he said he was like, I didn't expect it to do this well. He's like, I I would have never guessed in a million years that it would be 
at the time it was 26, he was outselling Jordan Peterson, you know. And it was outselling um, Obama too, which was great. Yeah, that's wild, right? Because he, he even called Obama out in the in uh, in a post where it showed who was like where the where the rankings are, and he was like, "Get on my level at President Obama." <laughs> but he did, the, the crazy thing about that too is like it stayed there. Like, isn't I, I, I from what I've read in 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 trying to understand how amazon works and their bestseller list it it's not hard to get a book up there like and just peak like in the top 50 or whatever but staying there for hours and days is is almost impossible like today you know and that and the, the the thought that he was in the top 20 for or top 25 for i mean literally for days for weeks was pretty amazing man i, I gotta agree with dunk that was definitely a white pill because i was just like there can't be that many people out there that were f- that familiar with Michael Malice. It had to be those who were, were just genuinely interested in learning more about what anarchism is, you know. I'm excited to, once I finish it, um, I'm considering passing it over to one of my best friend's dads because um, I wore one of my anti-state t-shirts to a cookout recently and he's like, "What? what is that? And I'm like, you know, trying to explain anarchism to to this, you know, 60 year old guy god i probably just offended him i don't think he's that old um (laughs) (laughs) this 120 year old dude (laughs) you know a guy that's that's the father of one of my best friends and i'm trying to explain it to him and you know i'm just basically saying you know nobody has a right to to harm other people do you agree with that and he's like yeah of course you know i'm like okay so what gives somebody a right to do that just because they have a, a special uniform on or they hold a title that's you know king or or cop or what have you. And he's like, yeah, that really makes a lot of sense. So I'm really um, looking forward to once I finish this, I might pass that book along to him and let him kind of take a deep dive into it. But after reading the first like chapter or two, I'm like, maybe not because some of those guys really get into the weeds of like that old English <laughs> text. And yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I'd say the hardest one interesting. Uh, that I read was uh, the second <laughs> chapter. Uh, with uh, William Godwin was actually pretty easy, or not? So he was a second chapter, the third one. Max uh, Stirner on the ego in his own Sterner, about the yeah. rights. There's Sterner, Max yeah, the, the right, yeah, like the, the the whole him talking about like the right and stuff like that. Like that one was by four. I'm on like chapter six now. I haven't gotten too far into it either. Um, I did skip ahead and, and wanted to read Lysander Spooner because he's my favorite anarchist writer. But I uh, I was like, man, that one was. I had to read that one like three times, dude. That, that was a difficult one to get through. So, Proudhon yeah, was absolutely. good, though. Proudhon. Pro, I don't know how you say that, but uh, I, do you guys want to start wrapping this thing up? We've been on here for a while. I'm sure people have already, I, we probably have like two listeners right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking we should probably get this wrapped up as well. So, I like it. Um, so, the thought that I had before we derailed and I'll just leave it at this for everybody to think about because we're, we're recording this for a July 4th special. And so I want everybody to think about what, what the 4th of July means in the context of Liberty and also in, in like abiding the law. Right. Um, Because those two things are not, uh, those two things aren't necessarily coherent. So just to challenge the audience, think about, uh, Think about what's more important, freedoms or obeying the law and not rebelling. 
Yeah, that's actually something that I <laughs> I had intended on bringing up because we, I did kind of say that this is going to be a July Fourth special, and I we haven't really touched on July Fourth at all. But um, next time, I did want to say. Yeah, next, next time, July next 4th. year. <laughs> I did want to say, like, I loved Pete Quinones's point that he's made a couple of times is like, um, regarding the whole January 6th, quote unquote, insurrection and everybody um, being so up in arms about that. Um, is if you don't support an insurrection, then what the fuck are you ce- celebrating every 4th of July? Because that's exactly what it was. It was, dude. it was men that wanted freedom and they went and Amen. shot cops in the face to get that freedom. And I'm not, I'm not telling you to go kill cops because I don't support violence, but I'm just saying that if you can't appreciate that, um, then just why do you even celebrate? Maybe shoot some fireworks at your nearest Capitol building. <laughs> Honestly, that's not you a bad it, not idea, me. dude. I might, I might <laughs> get some rum candles send up, some, you know? Send some bottle rockets there. You guys don't see me on, like, the news, like, domestic <laughs> terrorist Jamie Kane. <laughs> Improvised explosive I'm devices. I make Cayenne. I'm like chewing on a Roman candle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, Jaime Cain. <laughs> I will yell Allah Akbar as I'm like getting pulled off the camera. Just for kicks, uh, and we'll but no, it's uh, episode. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's it's been good to hang out with you guys, man. I and I think that's a great point to end on, Dunk. Uh, yeah, happy Fourth of July, to everybody, and go, uh, you know, make America defiant again. I guess. That's right. Guys. Yeah. Loved it. Enjoyed our time here. Anybody else have uh, any any final words? Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Matt sure it's pretty gay, but besides that, I, uh... <laughs> whoa, 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 dude! I put on my freedom shirt just for you guys. I think it's been staring at me in the soul this whole time, dude. <laughs> Good. Good. For those that can't see this, which is everybody, because I'm not recording video. Um, Matt's got like the American flag with a giant eagle and an eye, right? Probably about where his nipple is at. Well, you can almost, you can like you can just see which, the uh, eye poking out behind my microphone. In Jamie's defense, the uh, eye on his nipple is about eye level with Jamie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Me and my midget body. Well, hey, it's your hey. Remember that personal choice thing. You have a choice. Just look at my nipple. All right. I'm looking right at it. I can't look away. It's just Thanks, eyes daddy. are fixated on it. <laughs> daddy. Yeah, so daddy. you better call me daddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, it's been a good one. I'll, I'll catch you all on the flip side. <laughs> Everybody, please go check out Against the Mob podcast. Go check out Liberty Uninterrupted podcast. Uh, these guys are definitely making some quality content. If you enjoy my show, Break the State, then you'll definitely enjoy their podcasts. And uh, y'all need to give them a follow, give them some likes, and bring some new listeners their way. Um, everybody, uh, I guess we'll start with Jamie. You want to give us uh, your plugs? Yeah, man. Go check out at Liberty Uninterrupted on Instagram, libertyuninterrupted.com. You can find the podcast or any, on any, any major podcast platform, uh, including, uh, Amazon music and audible official a couple days ago. So check that out. And then I also just launched an apparel brand, no Kings coalition, a, uh, a brand for the ungovernable. So go check that out. No Kings coalition.com. I appreciate you. Matt, you're our plug guy. Get after it. All right. You can find us on Instagram at Against the Mob and Twitter at Against the Mob as well. Um, we don't have a website because I am a chronic procrastinator. Um, however, I did get a really, really good um, Squarespace uh, tutorial 
from my cousin who's a graphic designer because I'm designing my business website. I won't plug the business because unless any of you guys have um, second homes in New Mexico, you don't care and you can't afford my services. So I won't even plug it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yep, I'm Matt Billingsley, one half against the mob and Logan Carpenter is the other half. Excellent. You can check me out at breakthestate.net. You can find me on Instagram at breakthestatepodcast and on Twitter at dunklimpman. And um, also just an announcement for um, anybody that is listening today, my new t-shirt and uh, hoodie are now available at antistate.net, breakthestate.net forward slash shop. All right, well, let's get out of here, guys. Y'all have a great night. All right, so thank you, guys. See you.